Welcome back to the One a Week Podcast, everybody. I'm Matthew. I'm Jonas. This week, we're talking about the 1997 spiritualized record, Ladies and Gentlemen, We Are Floating in Space, which is a reference to, like, philosophers being like, guys, we're floating in space because we're thinking, and people being like, I'm too busy consuming or or whatever. That's what Genius Lyrics told me. That sounds good. But I had to take it as fact. Um, But other than that, this album really has nothing to do with space. Other than, it technically is called Space Rock. I think I've never heard of that genre before. Can you name any other Space Rock records Um, that you found in your research? I didn't research just the genre, but it, it felt very like dream pop to me. At least dream pop centric in its execution but it did it did have a lot of its own kind of um creative sounds going on with it to kind of warrant its own new genre name uh but spiritualized are a band hailing from the uk good friends across the pond and um basically the the main guy doing it is jason pierce also known as jay spaceman so i guess there's another space reference for you um and just to put this album in a little context uh and this is all word of mouth nothing is solid here but um rumor has it that uh this album was created or at least the the bulk of the album was created and or thought up after the breakup of jay spaceman and um one, what's her face? I can't even remember. Uh, uh, Kate Radley, that's her name. So okay. apparently, um, the Verve, who made uh, Bittersweet Symphony, everybody's yeah. heard that song in their life. Yeah. And um, Spiritualized kind of had like a relationship, however much a relationship between two bands can be. And apparently, Kate Radley secretly married the lead singer of the the verve while she was dating jay spaceman classic secret marriage yeah. ah. i don't know how or what and he has very thoroughly denied that this album has anything or at least is it focused on that and i can kind of see it but there's definitely a lot of songs about love mm-hmm. and the lack thereof all over this thing and it feels really personal and like it's from a very upset place. Mm-hmm. But what can you do? Yeah, we just got rumors from 20 years ago to go off of. So I don't know. We really, we really don't know. But I mean, obviously, if that is true, that came into this album. And this album takes place in the late 90s. And the alternative rock scene of the late 90s was uh, filled with Nirvana and your your other grunge outfits. <laughs> and what Spiritualized does here is not at all like that. Um, and I think it's important to draw kind of a comparison to Radiohead's OK Computer, which came out the same year as this album. And it's they're, they're not very similar in terms of sound but in terms of the difference 
that there is between what Radiohead and Spiritualized were doing versus what like the main alt rock and whatever stuff was being played on MTV at the time. There's a huge difference in just the sound and like the crispness of the production. That's something I immediately noticed, and I actually did think of Radiohead. I was like, the main draw of OK Computer is how like clean the whole thing sounds. And even though this has a bit of shoegaze, dreary, drone kind of sheen all over it, it's still very clear. And there's a ton of instruments on here that have none of that heavy reverb. There's a ton of horns. There's a accordion. There's, like, strings that are just super crisp. And it's it's completely unlike... And I, th- I would think that even if it came out today, it would be kind of cutting edge, which speaks a lot to the, the kind of the creativity of the record. And I'm not familiar with spiritualized other stuff. I'm not like a died in the bull super fan. I just heard this and I was like, I want to talk about this on the podcast. Yeah. So now we are doing that. So I guess we should actually talk about the, the music now. Now that you've contextualized. There are, yes. I think that's important. No, it is. I and we haven't really done that fun. before on the record, or not the record, the show, at least not to the extent of comparing it to the cultural movements of the time. And so we will finally get to the music, which is something I know nothing about. <laughs> but we actually didn't listen to this record at all. We're um, doing a little experiment with we, the show. We are stalling and talking about the context of it because we have not heard the music. I think we could make up, like we could pretend like we had listened to it and see how close we were with like our, our <laughs> what guesses. If, what if one week one of us picked a record that doesn't exist so it is impossible for us to listen to it but then we talk about it as if we listen to it and then nobody could tell because nobody could find the record i guess that would be weird like would we make up the band or would it be like an established band we'd make up the band okay so it would just be like gibberish yeah okay <laughs> that's cool um unfortunately this week we actually listened to the music yeah. So it'll just be a pretty standard episode. But um, right off the bat, you got the title track, which is uh, which is an interpretation of Pachelbel's Canon in D, which you don't hear a lot of those. And it's also around, which you've said before in the past that you enjoy it's those It's probably kind of like my favorite kind of like uh, musical theory is does that qualify as music theory? i mean any music counts as music theory <laughs> in terms of like in terms of like established instrumental or like vocal patterns techniques you can do i'm a sucker for rounds for some reason i don't know it just they just they're cool to me <clears throat> and you know the original canon in d has that so faithful to the source material Thank God, because I was really, I was paying that close attention to that. Yeah, I'm a stickler <laughs> for uh, romantic orchestral pieces being preserved in uh, modern takes on it. But it's a great tone setter, I think. It's yeah. very, very slow, very kind of atmospheric. And John J- Pierce's super, like, sluggy vocals on the whole thing. I think are kind of a selling point of the record because it's very like angsty. I call him John Pierce. It's Jason Pierce. 
Um, Ooh, I should just call him Jay Spaceman. Yeah, Jay Spaceman's easy to remember. Um, it's it, he has a very like laid back kind of vocal performance, and that's not always present on. He has more energetic performances on some of the tracks here, but um, it it kind of captures his sound with his super like I hate to say drug fueled because like he talks about that all over the record, but you know it's kind of like that. It's it's kind of yeah. slow and kind of rambly, meandering, but very mellow and also melodic it's not just like he's mumble rapping on it he's he's still singing but it's Mm -hmm. kind of slow it's not your average rock singer sound in fact one could say it's a precursor to indie rock outfits like car seat headrest or i don't know other indie bands that i can't think of because he has like that like he has that kind of vocal style, yeah. Of like not super like powerful singing, not that great of a singing voice, but it works for the sound, yeah. And it, I think it works here too. Is it? Um, you you are more familiar with with Bowie than I am at this point, but like to me, I felt very like like oh, this is. Bowie inspired or Bowie adjacent. That was the the feeling I got, and it's I didn't realize that this was called space rock or labeled as space rock or he had like a space thing going on. But it made me think of like Ziggy Stardust, which is space centric. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know that that was interesting to me. That, that I don't know. That's that's what it made me think of. Yeah, I, didn't I really thought think it was Bowie esque. But now that you mention it, yeah, that makes sense to me i'm so smart i'm so smart (laughs) yes uh and then going into come together completely different style and vibe if i may use that term Mm -hmm. um then the opening track a lot more energetic uh he says the f word so mm, so can't play this church get it out of here but um i think for what he's trying to do even though i disapprove of the use of the f word um (laughs) It, it, I like it. It's very, um, it's like, like, he, this is character Jack, which I th- is probably a stand-in for the J Spaceman, but it's very like, he's isolated from everything. He's kind of just going through life and having things happen to him rather than doing anything of his own volition or at least of his own, like, actual volition. He thinks he's accepting these things of his own free will, but he's not. And the chorus is like a choir. It feels very, like, soul, and they're all like, come together. And I'm like, yes, come together, please. Important message. (laughs) But then in the third track, an eight-minute cut, I think I'm in love. Uh, this is where I fell in love with the record, as one could say. Because, wow, wowee, this yeah. is a great song. Yeah. Um, it's a super, just the the beginning of the album is super strong. It, like, grips grips you pretty yeah, much right we'll, away. We'll call it a hook, a yeah. very effective hook. Yeah. Um, I think that the, the lyrics heavily, 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 and I, this is where I finally realized that, like, the album was kind of about substance abuse. It talks about... And at first I thought it was just going to be like, oh, it's like how being on drugs can kind of warp your perception of reality and make you think you're in love. But no, 
he's talking about like being in love with heroin. Let's go. Because Let's go. Um, it is a well-known fact, at least with spiritualized followers, that Jay Spaceman was using the heroin back in the day. <laughs> Um, and he references that a lot all over this album. And I'm sure other drugs, uh, heroin users, they don't usually just stick to heroin. Uh, I would know. <laughs> but um, no, not, not generally just doing that. Uh, and then uh, for my notes for this track, I just put bro. <laughs> and I think that very much captures my... Because I just love the bass line on this thing. The, the really like crisp synth line and then when it goes into like when the instrumental just takes off near the midpoint of the track good lord i can't i could talk about it all day but we have to move on to there uh, are other tracks such as track four uh i i thought that was i thought this was a very good kind of like okay we're gonna slow it back down yeah because i think i'm in love with super quick paced um so he kept it a little, little more slow, and I, then I was like, "Yeah, this album is definitely about addiction, and it doesn't have to just be addiction to substances. You can get addicted to love, even though it's not as unhealthy as heroin, at least in most aspects. You can you can get addicted to love, it can but still be problematic. I was just gonna go with the the drug use angle of the whole thing. Don't know what to do by myself." Because all of my time was with you. Uh, usually when you're addicted to drugs, when you're not using drugs, you're still thinking about the drugs. Yeah. So I think that's what this song is talking about. Yeah. And I, I really like it. And then going into Stay With Me, uh, it's like a cunt. There's like a country thing going on here with like that honky tonk <laughs> guitar lick every couple beats. Um, and it just... It, it takes off into this super captivating, super lush kind of thing, but that guitar like stays, so it never loses the country flavor, as um, uh, Nas put it on the Rodeo remix. That was a super deep reference. No one's going to get that. <laughs> um, Home of the Brave was the first like angry track of the whole thing. If um, It's the only track marked explicit on... Spotify's Which I don't version. Un- I don't understand. Because in Come Together he says the F word, but whatever. I don't run the Spotify. Um, but this one is definitely super about addiction. Um, I don't know, I forgot to mention Electric coming before it. That is, I think, the most wild song on the whole thing because it is definitely just like a high yeah. either from it love goes crazy. or from addiction. And yeah, goes hard and it's really loud and it's really screamy and then home of the brave is like this this piece about ripping stuff out and being an alcoholic and or addict of nondescript um non-specific substance and there's like this backing like instrumental that comes in that's like super dissonant and super scary this this track's kind of scary <laughs> It's like this, it's it's angry and it's scary, and I like it. And then Individual is an instrumental track, um, and it's got some crazy creaky horns that I really like. Um, they give it a lot of like personality, and 
I don't. I just, I'm I'm running out of words to say. Okay, <laughs> you. We're almost at the end, and and by we I mean I mean you. You're 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 carrying. I'm right just now. going through it so I don't get like I don't go on too many detours and sidetrack. It's not working. I'm still occasionally doing it, but broken heart. I love this song because it is kind of long. It's a ballad, and half of it is just instrumental, but. Ooh, it's it's there's like strings. It feels like just like an orchestral piece that he happened to like find or he wrote it and he was like, okay, I'll sing on top of it for a little bit. And it's got accordion that is in big bold letters in my notes. Because accordion is top ten instruments ever created and it's not in enough songs. IMO <laughs> I at least I'm not hearing them. So I'm glad that a well known album such as this can have accordion in it you just got to listen to more decemberists if you want i guess more i do accordion. i don't want to listen to like nerd music though to get my accordion <laughs> they're so fixed. good i know it's, don't I'm, be just, mean. I'm just joking and i like the decembers you know i like the decembers it is nerd music and then no god only religion is another instrumental and wow the horns once again go crazy I haven't mentioned the horns a lot on this whole entire album, but they show up a lot, and they're always super powerful, and they always contrast with the super like warm and wavy guitars, because horns are like sharp, they're a very sharp sound, so they always contrast very well. I think I'm in love has them all over. I think it's a like a sax or something. I'm I didn't I wasn't a band kid, so I, I don't know about all that. But whenever they come in, they work. And then Cool Waves, stepping back, kind of an acceptance track. Yeah. Like, oh, I got broken up with, or oh, I can't buy heroin, and I just kind of have to, like, deal with it. I think this song isn't really about heroin. I think it's more of a, just like a the, another person. And it's kind of accepting that they are a person, and they exist outside of your relationship with them. So when that relationship ends... They don't disappear. They have to keep living their life just like you have to keep living your life. And I think that's quite poignant. And then the closing track, Cop Shoot Cop, which is 17 minutes long. It's, it's nuts. I, I didn't expect that. No, because like I, 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 I checked the runtime before I listened to any record. And I was like, oh, okay, this one's a little bit longer. And I got through like... 10 or 11 tracks and i was like this doesn't make any sense <laughs> and then there was a 17 minute track waiting for me yeah which, it, was, um, it was just fine it's a good track i think it's a very good track but i was not expecting there to be like a real long song at the end yeah it's it's like a like a blues thing i don't think i've ever heard a song that's this long that has like a blues energy it's usually like a guitar driven kind of thing but this is super piano uh it's got piano playing by dr john i guess he's a famous pianist i wouldn't know anything about that because i don't know anything <laughs> um but um i i really think this brings the whole thing together because it's about like cycles because at first i was like police officer shooting police officer but no it's cop as in cop heroin yeah. shoot up cop it again kind of that cycle and it kind of 
it's a depressing ending to the whole yeah. thing. It, I, I was like, oh, cool waves, we're getting some acceptance here, and then cop, shoot, cop, maybe it'll be like an epilogue or something. But no, it's negative, and he's upset. And he says, there's a hole in my arm where all the money goes. <laughs> Jesus Christ died for nothing, I suppose. Yeah, it's a little, um... I would call that the nose. black-pilled. Yeah. And apparently that's a lyric taken from a uh, John Preen song, uh, but then he also puts his own twist on it in different verses. Hmm. There's a hole in my head where information goes. There's a hole in my reason that I gotta close. So he acknowledges kind of the cycle of addiction and maybe love, if you want to um, bring that back into it. And he's like, I gotta do something about it, but... There's also this feeling of hopelessness, like I don't have any time, or I've been reborn, but I'm still shooting heroin and then copping it. <laughs> I I feel like I sound mean about the heroin addiction. I'm just no, bringing it it's, up. No, what's it's the the focal point. Yeah, I'm just it's a shorthand. You're for not like a, addiction. Yeah, you're not. You're not. <laughs> You're not berating him for using heroin. No, because I, I keep I thinking put of a that. Stop to that. I keep thinking that one Ralph episode where he <laughs> like makes fun of Ben Affleck's alcoholism. It's so mean. It's really mean, but it's funny. I don't so know why. I don't have a huge problem with it. I don't know why it's funny because Ben Affleck makes me so sad. So like I shouldn't sit idly by while he's being he's, made fun he's of. Like a, I don't need to white knight Ben Affleck. I know. He's a rich guy. I'm, I'm not trying to white knight him. And I'm sure he's him, dealt with like, his problems uh, in his own healthy way. I've watched so many Ben Affleck interviews and I, <laughs> I don't know why. It's like an unhealthy it's like an unhealthy obsession I had for like a solid two weeks where I just watched a bunch of Ben Affleck content because I was like I need to find the interview where he seems like he's doing okay. I never found it. So I know Ralph in that video doesn't care that Ben Affleck would like be offended by his <laughs> jokes. And Ralph has a much bigger platform than me. True. But I hope that if Jay Spaceman ever hears this mp3 file uploaded <laughs> to Spotify, I in no way mean to... like. Devalidify. That's not a word. Devalue. Devalue or like put a like comedic spin on your heroin addiction. It sucks, I'm sure, but you made some great art talking about it. So that's the cost of art. I'm pointing it out. And uh, there's like a five minute part to this song where like the whole thing breaks down. Feels very jazz. But, like, the piano playing in the background is still there, so you have this kind of rhythm. It's not just noise. It's not just, like, and nothing wrong with that. But, like, it has this element of, like, solidity. That's a, is that a word? Solidity? I don't know. Okay, we're going to pretend it is. It's late, and my brain hurts. We're going to pretend that it is a word. So... That, that was the whole thing. We went through it track by track. Um, any Anything you specifically want to talk about? I I am very hooked by the first four tracks of this record. And uh, I, I, I had a very busy week. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I went back to school this week. I'm so So I only got to like listen to this record all the way through twice, which is my bare minimum requirement. And I feel like I really liked what I heard, but I didn't get like a deeper understanding. So I'm going to need to listen to this some more. But I do know that even while I was like doing other stuff or like finding my classes and I was listening to this record the first four songs I was like oh wow this is like really really good and then I, I it kind of like faded out and then cool waves into cop shoot cop I was like oh man we're back in it and then it was over uh, but I like I there's I'm working we're working with something very good here I can acknowledge that I can see that I can hear it but I'm going to have to spend more time with it, which I guess no one will ever know if I really did because we won't record a follow-up to this album. I guess not. But I swear I will. I swear. I promise, guys, all t- two of you, I swear <laughs> I'll do. I'll give this album justice. It's it's good. I liked what I heard. There was nothing that made, made me think, oh, I, this is like bad. Yeah, I simple words I just said. I for me it was a little different. Like for the first four tracks, I was like, okay, this is like really good, but it's nothing out of the ordinary. But then Stay With Me had like that country flair that stuck out to me, so I was like, okay, there's like more going on here than I originally thought. It's not just going to be like some indie rock affair that I that is like seminal. This album has been like reissued four times they sold like a box set that was like two hundred dollars that came with the album which is a double lp because it's 70 minutes long and then every song was like printed on a cd but in like blister foil so it's like pills which is what like it looked like it's discs like what they oh, put pills in oh, oh, oh. Uh, for those of you who can't see it's like when you get like dayquil and it's like wrapped in these little like circles on top and there's like foil and you got to break through it that's what they put cds in um for the for the box set and i'm sure other stuff and it was two hundred dollars not including because you can only order it from the uk ah. so there's that international shipping fee why do they about. hate us why do they know. hate us i don't know but whatever um and this album didn't do that well commercially, at least compared to, like, OK Computer. And, you know, I think it's it's hard for me to make this call, but I think this album is slightly better than OK Computer. That's, a, that's, that's a, bold. That's really bold. That's bold. I know, but I feel like it has... Like, OK Computer, I love. I will, I will come out and say it. It's my favorite Radiohead album, not a unpopular opinion at all not I, a hot I thought take it's not what i thought your answer for favorite radio had what do you think was. mine is i thought you were kid a no kid a. no i'm not i love kid a it's 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 really good it's probably it's in my top three ha funny but um okay computer i just i can't i can't rationalize liking any other radiohead album more than it it just is the most flawless yeah but you know it's very mellow, and it's very, like, I wouldn't say one note, but it kind of has just, like, that one emotion of, like, being dejected 
from the society <laughs> that you live in. And it has its personal moments. But I think this one has a lot more personality to it. It's got a sense of humor. It's got a lot more experimentation with the sound. Even though Radiohead was pushing boundaries with what they were doing. True. With that like crisp, like Coldplay, Maroon 5, they wouldn't exist without what Radiohead was doing on OK Computer. So... So I don't thank know. Thank God for OK Computer. <laughs> I, well, other good alt rock bands that did that sound, I can't think of any. But you listed the two best ones. They're the best ones. Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were just the most well known ones. No, uh, Coldplay guy is um, dating Dakota Johnson, so uh, he has to be good. Yeah, he must be. He has to be the best musician on earth. Yeah. For that to happen. Um. So, back to whatever I was talking about. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, this album, I don't think, has as much influence. And it's definitely not talked about as much. Good Lord, OK Computers talked about every day by music nerds. And it will never stop being talked about. But this is more of a indie, indie album. You know, like only real music fans real, have heard real this Real people who listen to songs. True. Not, only not fake ones. Real music listeners will hear <laughs> this one. You know, it's not as mainstream as OK Computer. I hate to sound like that, but what I'm trying to say is it's a little more out there yeah. than OK Computer. And maybe it's just because I'm more familiar, but I think over time I'll still think that. I'm making a call about the future right now. But so I, think, I guess we do have to do a follow-up episode. We've both made claims. <laughs> like two years from now. Yes. And I'm like, hmm, which one actually did more experimental <laughs> hey stuff? Hey, guys, welcome back. Everybody who was listening then and now. <laughs> same crowd. And this this album came out the same year as... Okay, Computer, I already said that. Didn't okay, Computer out came same out. Same year as... Uh, what was it? Homogenic, then? Was Homogenic 97? Yeah, that's a lot of competition. So, there's a lot going on. <laughs> 97. But this album came out before. Okay. Or, no, OK Computer came out before this album. So, I think that's important to note. But it's not like this is much of a change up from what Spiritualized was doing before, at least from what I've read. So, I'm kind of speaking on secondhand sources for that one. But I think it's riskier i think it does more you know it's got a 17 minute song it's got accordion um it's got accordion it's got cello tell me well i think okay computer opens with a cello never mind i can't talk about shut the down. music anymore shut yourself down <coughs> okay so i will make that claim i think this is a better album than okay computer definitely not as influential or well known but I think it's better. Right. So I, I was just thinking about that a lot because I drew the comparison in my head. Then I read that people were comparing it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so I need to like actually think about this. And I did. And that's my conclusion. That's bold. On I, that I, one. I do not have the expertise to make a call in that department. <laughs> well, um, you got Spotify. Well, I, I, yes, and, I've heard both and records. Time, but yes, I got The rest spend of your life, with, in fact. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I'll listen more, I swear. So, in case you guys didn't notice, that was me highly recommending the yeah, album. Yeah, that's, that's big news. Um, so, 
Closing statement? Closing statements. Even though I've probably given away the goose. The goose. <laughs> at, uh, at this point. But I love this record front to back. I do not think it misses as the contemporaries are saying. I think it's all killer, no filler. That's big. That's big. Um, it has its slower moments, but th- they work. They don't like detract from the album. And it starts on a slow song, so you already know it's not going to be this jamming, like, electric guitar fest, unlike that pedestrian radiohead <laughs> garbage that the kids are listening to. This has nuance. There's so much nuance all nuance. over this whole thing. <laughs> um, and I just, I, I can't find any faults with it. So, um... A plus. Ding 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 ding. That's 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 two weeks straight where one of us has given an album an A plus. It's crazy. Yep. We gotta shut the show down. We're sellouts. Hey, if Fantano can give two tens in a month, we are not him. I can give. We are not two him. A pluses in a year. And it's not like we're just talking about new stuff. This is a classic. True. It's a, according a, to a some reputation. Um, right now, uh, and this is subject to change. Feeling a B plus. <laughs> Guys, that's fine. Uh, I think that's what yeah. I gave for Center Get Ready. Yeah. So, um, also a favorite track, the opening track. What a banger! What an amazing way to start Woo! a record. I I can't think of an opening. Um, probably I think I'm in love because that's the moment where I like. That's the moment you thought you were in love. True. Yeah. But I was that, I was like this is just gonna be your standard, immaculate indie rock affair, but. Then it shook it up. So maybe stay with me as my favorite. I literally can't pick. You don't have and to. And that's that's a good problem to yeah. have, I guess. Uh, least favorite, not applicable. <laughs> so those are my thoughts. There were a lot of them, it, I think. You know, I liked what I heard, and I will spend more time with it. Um, and that's, you know, that's a good sign we're if I will this one revisit a wholesome it. wholesome out of ten. Yeah, ugh, I hated that. All right, what All are we right. listening to next week? Next week, um, I wanted to do. I wanted to stay in the '90s, and I wanted to talk about a band that was snuffed out by the grunge movement. Um, I think uh, unfairly. Uh, we're going to be talking like about Jellyfish's yeah. album "Spilt Milk" from 1993. Yeah. Um, and I, I've I've known this album since I was young. Um, but I've never spent a lot of time with it front to back, just kind of cherry-picking here and there throughout the years. So I want to sit down and talk about it in full, and I'll provide more context about the 90s scene next week. I almost said month. Next Next week. week. Well, is it next month, next week? At some point, but I don't know if we'll record before or after that that happens probably after we're not we always re- be recording on thursdays <laughs> so yeah. yeah it'll definitely be september before <laughs> okay we... <laughs> all, all right. right we'll see you guys next week bye